Hello, nerds. Welcome back to another episode of the New Block Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Chris, a.k.a. Prince, with the homie, Deron, a.k.a. Medic Grizzly. Deron, how we doing, bro? Doing good, B. How you feeling, B? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. It's it's you know it's been a while since we uh done a Game of Thrones chapter, so I figured this week we could get back into it and pick up where we started. Yeah. Um, had a little geek out moment with all the comic stuff happening. So yeah, you know, look, a, a lot of stuff dropped. You know what I mean? We had to address it for the culture. You know what I mean? So it, it is what it is. But you it know, we're 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 back in Westeros this week. You know what I mean? We're back. We're back. Back up in the north. Um, I know last time we were here. We were doing uh, Ned One, mm-hmm. um, and we left off uh, King Robert, Queen Cersei, and everyone um, got to Winterfell, and um, Ned went down to the crypts with King Robert. King Robert kind of offered him the job of Hand of the King. Of course, that means he's got to move to King's Landing, all that other, you know, and all that other nonsense. Um, so this week we are with, we're still in Winterfell, but we're with John. Um, so they're in the the Winterfell's Great Hall. Um, you know, they're they're feasting the royal family. Everyone's there. Everyone's dressed to the nines. Um, being someone who is reading the books for the first time, because this is a very, very short chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there, there's a lot in here. There's 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 some stuff in here that makes you kind of like realize like what kind of person John is and what yeah. kind of person Tyrion is. You get introduced to both of these characters um in this chapter so like you who's like who've never read the books before like how did you how did you feel about this chapter like even though it was like super short i felt like it was um i liked the vibe because it was a continuation like in the crypts they're talking about how like it was more about passion and revisiting everything that happened and how like the emotional ties of the families now you're going to now current day and how the Lannisters, like, and how they feel about what happened and what took place. And then the aftermath of why John's even there. How he is the bastard. How he is not one of the full blood. And then seeing his perspective. And how he is, he's very witty. Uh, very pissed over everything. And then you see how the dynamic of, like, the one when the queen walks in. Her eyes and the dress match the emerald green. Like, it was just really descriptive on, this is royalty. And then you have Mr. John, the bastard, almost like at the end of the actual like ballroom, just in all looking at all this, like he doesn't even belong there. But I'm witnessing everything. And then yeah, you see and how, getting shit faced, by the way, bro. That man said, "Yo, nobody knows I'm over here." So picture a room um, audience, and everyone's walking in there. They're paired up. You have a traditional type. Then you have the king. You have the queen, you have all the children, they all walk in, they pair together, and then you have this guy in the corner that nobody cares or wants to see, and he's over here like, well, f- well screw it, I'm going to drink, get wasted, <laughs> I'm just going to keep on going, I got my dog over here, I got some food, and I'm here for the show. So that was really cool, just seeing a different type of temperature in the room and seeing it continue on Vara's feelings. Yeah, like that's that's something that I I really like about this chapter is just like how how quickly you get to learn that like John pays attention to shit in a way that like other fourteen year olds just don't at all in this in this book and like in this world right like like to your point like he's he's watching every single person come into the come into the great hall and he's kind of seeing right through them saying how like you know he could tell you know Cersei's smile was fake you know he didn't. 
he didn't like Joffrey basically the, from the first time he saw him. Yes. You know what I mean? He decided that Marcella was an idiot because of the way that she was like smiling at Rob when he was like escorting her like through the through the hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, they, they touch on it a little bit in the book about like you know him being a bastard, him having to grow up quicker than than trueborn children. Yes. Um, you know what I mean? Because like he doesn't have that luxury of just. You know, I know we've said this before, but just you know, just getting by on his name because he doesn't have a name. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's a bastard. He doesn't doesn't have the name Stark, even though Lord Stark is his father. So, um, can I ask you a question for the fans who don't know? Why is his name not like traditional? Your stepchild. Why is it Snow? For the people who don't know. Okay, yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. Um, so, and they touched on this in the show too. So basically, in Westeros, when you are a bastard or you don't have you know, you know your your parents weren't married when they have you or whatever um you are given a surname based on where uh you know where you were born um and so because the starks live in the north the bastard surname there is snow um in the riverlands it's rivers in mm-hmm. um the Stormlands, I believe it's I believe it's Storm. In the Aaron, it's Stone. There's a couple of different you know, for each region it's like a different it's like a different last name, which which brings me to kind of a, a question. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Because we know that John was actually born in the South. Mm-hmm. He was born in Dorne. So technically his last name should be Sand. But you know, we're not gonna we're not, we're not, we're not getting gonna, there we're yet. Gonna, we're not, we're not, not gonna getting get there into yet. that. We're not gonna get into that today. I just want the fans to know like why is it Jon Snow? Like if you never read these books, if you're a new person like myself, uh Prince is a better historian than I am as far as this documentary slash I'm called documentary slash book, novel, <sighs> theatric wonderful masterpiece it is. Um so we understand like why that when the king comes there, he's kind of like on the side the shelf. He's not a part of the family because of the actual bylaws and how people view things. But how'd you feel about him not being uh, impressed with the king? Because as a child, he was a lad. He was told the king's this, he's that big giant. And then you see him and he's like, yo, this is the king. Like what? And then you see how hype he got for the Lannisters when they walk. Yeah, I think I think that's just like, a, I mean, we're supposed to feel that way about King Robert. Like George does this purposely, how he describes Robert, even in the crypts about how how obnoxious Robert's laugh is and like how kind of perverted he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you're supposed to you, we're supposed to feel this way about Robert, like looking at him being like, oh, this this person is not very kingly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which is a shame because like, you know, in, in Robert's heyday, like Robert was the fucking man. Yes. Robert was the man. Um, but it just goes to show you, you know, one human beings, our own mortality and just like how, how quickly, especially in a world like this, where mm-hmm. their primes are everything, right? Like, and, and, and also just like, you know, what, what time will do to a person, right? Yeah. Because like, you know, it, we, they talked about it a little bit in the last chapter and Ned's chapter where, you know, Robert really didn't. He didn't want to be king. You know what I mean. He he went to war because the Mad King was 
was nuts. And, you know, his, you know, Prince Rhaegar abducted his, his betrothed and, you know, he wanted to win her back, not because he wanted to win a kingdom. You know what I mean? So you might have someone like Robert who was a great fighter, but he's not, he's not made for this life. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, and, 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 and John can see that. And, and, you know, he's looking at someone like Jamie and he's like in awe of him. Cause he's like, this is what a King should look like, you know? So it's, 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 again, it goes back to John, just like kind of noticing a lot of stuff that other people, other people really don't really don't notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that you brought up, uh, what did you say earlier about um, about about the basically him not being able to sit with everyone else? Mm-hmm. He drops another little gem. We've realized that it's actually kind of Catelyn's fault because his uncle Benjamin comes in and he's like, "Hey, you know, don't you usually, you know, sit with your with your, with your brothers and sisters?" And he was like, "Yeah, well, you know, Lady Stark thought it might insult the royal family." They were sitting up there with a bastard. And it's just like, it's just like little stuff like that where it's just like, come on, Catelyn. I mean, fuck, man. Leave the guy alone. Like, you already treat him like shit every single day. Like, she's just like but, a steady, like, reminder that he does not belong. And which yep. you understand why, like, he's drinking. You're like, oh, he's just having a good time drinking. But, like, it's almost like you feel sorry for him that he is looking into a life that he's never really going to be a part of, which alludes to the next phase. Uh, when he's talking to his uncle, Uncle Benji's from Castle Black, come through with the black gear, ready to go. He's having this conversation talking about, hey, Rob's going to be the next king. My half-sisters are going to be married off into the kingdom. Where do I lie? Like, where do I go? Um, I want to go with you. (laughs) When that happened, he jumped in line, and his uncle's like, what? Man, get out of here. You're not not being serious about this. Like, he's like, no, I'm serious. And, like, John almost got, like, pissed off in a sense of, like, emotionally be pissed off that you don't believe me. Like, I want to be with you. I I wanted to go travel. I want to do different things because I don't belong here. Right. Yeah, and it's it's sad because, like, you know, he talks about it in his head where he's like, you know, he, he thought about it for a long, hard time. You know, so, you know, he, this isn't a decision that John made in a vacuum, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, I understand in the current state and current day, the Night's Watch is not as prestigious of an order as it used to be. Um, but in the North, especially amongst like House Stark, there's history uh, where plenty of Starks and, and, and noble Northmen have served in the Night's Watch as you know that like that was their place of honor i mean we go back to the prologue sir waymar mm-hmm. was you know what how did they describe him he was he was a highborn son you know with too many heirs or or a highborn son to a to a lord with too many heirs he mm-hmm. might have been like son number 4 or 5 and he was trueborn and he yeah. went to the watch because sometimes you know in this world it's just like you know of course the first sons like you said like rob he's going to be the next lord of winterfell so you know Rickon is gonna, you know, do his thing. Bran's gonna do his thing. Arya and Sansa are gonna be married off somewhere else in the, in, you know, in, in the in the in the realm. So like, what am I supposed to do? I can't stay here with yeah. fucking Catelyn. That's not happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but it, it and so Benjen says a couple of interesting things to John too about just like, hey, look, you know, you're you're 14. Like you haven't mm-hmm. even known a woman. Like until. Like we we have no families. We can't we can't marry. 
Like there's a lot of things that we give up when we join Night's Watch. And like until you've experienced a little bit of life, I don't think that you can properly fulfill this oath without knowing it, what, what you're going to give up. Um, and the, the people have had theories about Benjen and how much he knows about John. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this today, man. I was just like, okay, Ned was, what, 18-ish mm-hmm. when the rebellion happened. Liana was 16. So Benjen younger than her. So we're assuming that Benjen was probably... He wasn't of fighting age because he wasn't in the war, mm-hmm. right? And we know, you know, Rob and John have their fair share of battles at 14 and 15. So I'm assuming Benjamin was even, was even younger than that during okay. the rebellion. So here's my question. Why why would Benjamin join the Night's Watch anyways? I understand it in the vacuum, right? But hear me out. Before the rebellion started, Lord Stark died and the heir to Winterfell died. Mm-hmm. At, by the end, their only daughter of House Stark was also dead. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Benjen, yeah, okay, yeah, we won the war, or our side won the war, and now Ned is Lord of Winterfell, but he had only had Rob and John at that point, as mm-hmm. far as like children. House Stark is still pretty vulnerable as far as like furthering the bloodline goes. So why would Benjen then? go to the Night's Watch. And the Rebellion only lasted like two years. So by the end of it, Benjen's what? How old John is now? Mm-hmm. Maybe a year older? And he joins the Night's Watch with 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 uh, with the only other person in House Stark left to further the bloodline is his older brother who only has one child. One trueborn child. Yeah. It just it just seems it just seems a little it it always seemed a little weird to me that Benjamin would then like join the Night's Watch and not like go, you know, marry someone some other highborn lady in the north and have another offshoot of 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 Starks. I I I completely agree with you on logically it doesn't make sense. But story-wise, it's perfect placement because you capture the Night's Watch, and you also would have an emotional connection to it. Um, without him being there, there's no one that John will openly talk to and speak to like this right. about that. And also with him going there at the age bracket we're talking about right now, you brought up, it shows that wisdom, like, yeah, you haven't experienced a woman. You haven't done any of these things. Like, you're, it's a lot of things that I've walked into that you don't need to. So I am going to tell you, hey, word to the wise, live your life. You don't need this. So right. um, it definitely draws you in and makes you love the character even more. But then you also see a side of John that I don't think most people saw until like you see it was completely silent in the table when he became emotionally angry and was talking about, I'm not a bastard. Like I think Benji said, uh, go have a couple bastards yourself. And he said, I would never have a bastard because yeah. that title has caused so much hurt for him that he's not going to pass on anybody else. And then you see him going from him and Ghost. Ghost is the man. So you see them, and like you see, like it's almost tearing apart where you want to go in tears. But he has to be the strong-willed young man and be able to walk away. But you're so twisted and drunk that you're stumbling everywhere. And just yeah, like, he's like he's, he's like knocking over serving girls and shit. Yeah, it's like the um 
the emotional coaster if you're angry you want to prove yourself but dude you're still a kid you're drunk and twisted um so that's why i think it's perfect placement for the storytelling because it gives you a branch of like okay let's go over here what's over here yeah no you know i i, I agree with you and I, when i was thinking about it i was thinking the same thing like okay obviously you know they needed benjamin to be in a night's watch to make this connection to your point like mm -hmm. so that john would have someone who he could be like take me back you know or take me with you when you go back yeah um so you know maybe we can just chalk it up the plot armor but no, it's always been cool. something where i was just like hmm why, why would why would benjamin do that but of course there's other theories out there of why benjamin joined a night's watch and well, we can we dig won't. into it deeper as we go because we're going to start on like layers and layers are gonna come off in this whole thing oh yeah oh like, yeah oh yeah did you catch like well of course you probably caught now but like when they describe the kids walking through we see how king robert looks but they highlighted how long the hair was, how Joffrey's house, is it body, everything was like, it was straight Lannister. And mm -hmm. then you go to the brother, but you don't really talk about Robert. It's like, it's showing you right in your face, like, hey, here you go. I'm telling you what's going on. And then yeah. mentioning the bastard and highlighting that how he is the main core of this particular chapter. And how the bastard name can be basically weighing on you so much that you're no longer going to be around. It's a lot to it. So you want to hide the fact that you maybe are one, but at the same time, you don't want the world to know that you, hey, I represent yeah. this. And, and you know, you know something that's that's a great point you bring up because when when John does go outside and he he runs into Tyrion, mm -hmm. um, I think George does a to your point about describing like people's features yeah. and like matching their their features with their personality. Mm -hmm. George does a great job in trying to tell us what people's personalities are like and like who they're compatible with by their features right because to your point they're describing all the kids as like very lannister featured right yes. especially like joffrey like they they go to they go to more lengths to describe joffrey as you know looking just like his mom you know having like these pouty lips the disdain he has for like the great hall because that is his that's his personality he's a prick right so like and like we, we george wants us to know that early on right the same thing with the contrast is when john's outside and he's talking to Tyrion, and you know Tyrion's asking him it's like oh so you're you're the bastard right oh i i see it now you have more of the north in you than your brothers do right so like and i think that's the thing I'm I'm gonna go back to Catelyn here for a second. That's the thing that I I feel like sometimes gets under Catelyn's skin a lot about <laughs> John is not only is this the walking breathing reminder that your husband cheated on you, but he looks more like a traditional Stark than any of your kids and acts like it too. Like yeah, and acts like it too. He's a Stark through and through, mm -hmm. and I think. Again, some of it is a little bit of a misdirect, right? Because now that the show's come out, we obviously know, you know, John's real identity and who his parents are and stuff like that. Um, but it's also to reflect the values of someone like Ned and the influence that he's had on John and what his journey is like throughout this story just by his likeness to other Starks, like, like a classic Stark look. You know what I mean? Um but I, I love, I know we were talking about before we before we started recording, I love like the quotes, some of the bars that Tyrion gives him outside. 
um, because they're 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 honestly like really it's honestly really good advice. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like he's like asking him. He's like, oh, but you are the bastard, though. Like, I didn't mean to offend you, but you're a bastard, right? I mean, you are what you that, are. That's what that's what you are. Mm-hmm. And you know, he kind of tells him like, look, dude, the piece of advice like the world's not going to forget you're a bastard. So don't try to hide it. Just embrace it. Be who you are. Fuck it. Like it, it is, it is what it is, bro. Like it's not gonna, it's not going to change anything. You sulking about it is not going to make people feel bad for you. And those are things crazy. How like, like fans don't know Tyrion um, is dwarf of Lannisters, how they all are pristine and like on a pedestal. And then you have this dwarf who just, embodies everything they don't even embrace and then on top of that the mother um passed away during delivery they hate him more for that and then you see how this royal feast is happening and then the two people who are the outsiders are the two outcasts yeah yeah they're outside and they're having a a very wise and i think great conversation about life about hey it is what it is homie you gotta do what you gotta do to make things work and there it's all like puppy doll eyes and everything's a fantasy out here is real grit you gotta find your place and you gotta make it happen you are on top of reminding him that look around it's not just you that has problems like hey you are not a dwarf i am i will always be a dwarf you don't have to be what i am yeah yeah and and to that point i I love the i love that that line he says at at the end i think it's it's something along the lines of all all dwarves are bastards Mm -hmm. but not all bastards need be dwarves bars a bar. He's ba- he's basically just trying to tell John, like, look, and again, it's it's kind of goes back to what we were saying about him wanting to join the Night's Watch. Like, as a bastard of a, a of a highborn lord, you can you can still earn a lot of honors. You know, what I mean, there's still lots of things for you to accomplish. Like, there's been lots of great bastards in Westerosi history that have done great things. I mean, look at Blood Raven. Blood Raven's a bastard. I mean the 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 entire Blackfire Rebellion was 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 about you know bastards being legitimized and and trying to make a name for themselves, you know what I mean? But Tyrion's like, you know, look at my family, look at the things that they they cherish and they they hold value. I'm none of those things. No matter what I do, they're always gonna fucking hate me. So it's just knowledge that's being passed on to John, but also tells you. That John is being the age he is, is very strong, strong minded, yeah, stubborn. Oh and yeah, he doesn't like. Okay, you said this, but I still feel the way I feel. And then it shows the kind of mistakes he makes in the future, and like he was so stuck right. in his ways that he didn't see the whole picture. Um, right, good side and bad side to it. And then also you see how Tyrion went his way. You see how Uncle Big like they're trying to tell you, bro. Like, hey, you got options, bro. You're okay. Right. It's like you guys don't live in my shoes. I, I need something more. So it right. was really cool seeing, like, it was a short chapter, but seeing the dynamic of you know, the enter the king, going to the land, to having his dinner, but, like, it was so focused on the people viewing the dinner than actual the dinner itself, and then seeing the, the breadcrumbs was going to happen afterwards. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, yeah, th- this was a really short chapter. I think it's, like, it's like seven pages, but it really mm-hmm. just gives you, introduces us to John and his, his mindset, um, I think it does a great job. I mean, in only seven pages, showing us just how much more mature John is than some of his brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Um, which obviously, you know, goes a long way 
for him and his story arc throughout throughout the throughout the books. Um, you know, we we get to meet Tyrion, who again is one of one of our favorite characters. Um, dropping some jewels as always. Every every scene Tyrion's in, man, he steals because he just that mouth of his, man, that mouth of his. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I I I enjoyed this chapter, man. I think it's it's um. Again, John is one of my favorite characters, so I'm always excited to cover a John chapter. But I know next time we are doing who's next? We'll Catelyn. We got Catelyn next again. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm stop. Catelyn fans, I apologize, but she's not. No, here's, a, here's the thing. I I I like Cat. Like I think Catelyn's a good character. I just think she's a dick sometimes to John, and she I does very you, questionable things. I guess you need that for the story. That for the hero to shine, yeah. you need someone that's gonna kick some dirt on them. I get it, but give me like five chapters in between before I like. I, come on, <laughs> y'all. we just did well, short, hey, man. <laughs> Look, man, these and these these early these early books. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of just like bouncing around. Ned, Catelyn, John. It's so yeah, cool though, because like um, there's a lot of that. You're just basically open in the world. Like you start off in like a small dime sized vision, but then next thing I was a nickel quarter after yep. it's many like it's like yep. yo all right so what's happening over here what's happening and that's what that's the world that we live in so yeah. when everything later on interacts you see how certain um dynamics work in certain countries or certain parts of the actual world and how they don't work over here it's different it's different so. right right and you get a different perspective at each time which i which i think is is brilliant because not everyone thinks the same so they might be looking at the same thing but the chapter could read completely different, you know what I mean? Depending on whose head you're in Absolutely. in that particular time. So, um, but yeah, man, um, I mean, that, that's all I got, man. You, you got anything else in this chapter? Please subscribe, like, visit old videos, comment, whatever you like. You want some new stuff? Let us know. Have some new books. We don't care. We're going to see Game of Thrones all the way through as uh, things pop up in life as far as like pop culture, movies. We're going to tackle those too. So it was fun. Yeah, Attack on Titan's final season, uh, the first two episodes did drop, uh, what, a couple days ago. So to my Attack on Titan fans, we will be here to review the final season. And that, the boys, um, still Flash. I may have to just, maybe on a matinee day, go see Shazam. I don't know. I got to figure it out still. But do we have to? It's it's a part of the culture. It's a part of DC. It's a part of God. All right. Fine. I guess I guess we'll do a Shazam uh review eventually one day. It might too. be like ten minutes. And then it's, it's like nah, we stop. But, uh, well, all right, guys. Um I've been Prince, just like Deron said. Don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, comment, let us know your thoughts. Um, we're always open to suggestions. And uh, you know, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace and love.